So I want to give you a little report. I went to the doctors uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, so he said, uh, I told him, you know, I don't have any pain. You know, the pain, pain is gone. And when I first went to them, I would have sharp pains in the middle of the night. I mean, just, ah, you know, crying out pains. And at one point, I, I couldn't even put my socks on because it was so painful. I couldn't bend down. I'd have to wear shoes without socks for like three days. And, but, but God, God who is rich in mercy with his great love wherewith he loved us, amen? So when you, when you cry out to God, when you speak his word, when you believe in him, he's able to do great and marvelous things in your behalf, amen? And it's not easy to tap into the spirit of God. It's not easy to, to find the promises of God. You have to really apply yourself, get into the spirit, amen, because God is a spirit. And so when we get into him and we, we, we confess his word, we praise his name. We thank him for what he's done. He comes and he does what he's supposed to do. But, you know, sometimes the disease or the sickness has a running start on you. Have you ever noticed that? All of a sudden, you, you hear this, oh, you've got all these white blood cells, and, and you have to believe God. And it's like he took off. The disease took off. You've got to run and catch him. Your faith has to catch up to where the, the sickness was. And so I'm in that process. And he says, well, your white blood cells, you know, they're still a little high, but you can overcome that uh, by, the, there's a medicine that they give you that you can insert. He says you insert it like once a week for four weeks, and you can have that, uh, you know, totally erased. It doesn't affect your, your good cells. It just affects the bad cells. So I'm running, you know, to see God work. But in the meantime, I've got a little plan B ready in case that doesn't work to the satisfaction. So uh, the doctor, of course, they like their, their, their way. I like my way. I don't like to trust doctors that much. You know what I mean? People go in for simple little, little procedures, and sometimes it doesn't work out that good. Isn't that right, Brother Jerry? Brother Jerry went in for uh, a hernia. Hernia is just like a tear in your inner walls. And uh, it was just one hernia, but what happened? I had five. You had five inner tears that had to be treated. And, and so how did it go for you? Well, in the beginning, <clears throat> I did all my praying prior to surgery, and then when they went and cut me open, and they found five in there, and then uh, after that, when I got out of surgery, I was in so much pain that I was always crying out to the Lord to, you know, to heal me, and so what they did is they called my doctor, and they told him to give me morphine, so they gave me the strongest morphine that they can give me to cut the pain down, but I continued having pain, so then after, after about... Two more hours, they gave me more morphine, and they kept on giving me uh, more and more painkillers. And what that caused, it caused something in my stomach, and it, it started clogging up my stomach, plus the anesthesia. So what happened is I, I started throwing up for like 12 hours straight, and I wouldn't stop throwing up and throwing up. So my wife intervened, and she told him to get a hold of my doctor. So they said, okay. So it took almost the whole night to get a hold of him. Finally... They got a hold of my doctor, and my doctor told them to put a tube in my nose to drain my stomach of all the, uh, everything that was causing all that, 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 that clogness. So when they did that, they put two, a small tube. It didn't work. So then they had to take that one out and put me a bigger tube. So my wife told them no more medication. Wait a minute. You, you said that pretty lightly. I think it went more like this. No more medications for my husband. Something like that, right? Yes, yeah, Letty went in there, and she really, 
she really got into him and told him, no more medication for him. Look what you're doing to him. And, and so they did that. And finally, after they pulled, they, they thought that everything was out, so they pulled the tubes out and then gave me another blood test, and they said, your kidneys are going out. So I said, well, what do you mean my kidneys are going out? I haven't drank water for four days. So they said, okay, we're going to pull the tubes out, drink water. I drank water. They gave me another blood test. They came back. They said, you're, you're, everything came back in, in place. You're well again. So they said, we're going to let you out in two days. So then I started getting more complications with hiccups, and I couldn't swallow. So all this time, I was just praying to the Lord for healing, for healing. And that's all I did, continue praying and praying. And finally, we got home, and I still had complications. So I kept praying to the Lord about my hiccups. They went away. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't speak. I kept on praying, and that went away. And I give all the credit to God and my wife, because if it wasn't for them, I don't think I'd be here right now. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and Pastor Charlie made up a little card for you to say. You couldn't remember the whole thing because you were groggy, but the only, what did you hear? You, you, you remembered, trans, he took my transgressions. Amen. <laughs> I was healed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the scripture we're talking about is in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, and it becomes my daily delight. Surely he hath borne my sicknesses and carried my pains. Yet I, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement needed for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen? It's, it's not only a promise, it's a fact that God paid the price through Jesus Christ for our healing. So we claim it, believe it, and we thank God for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're believing for healing, don't give up. The Bible says through faith and patience, you'll inherit the promises. Don't give up. Don't cast away, therefore, your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. Oh, I left out that Pastor Charlie and Jeannie and Pastor Chuck went to visit me, and they prayed over me, and I had another pastor come visit me, and they prayed over me while I was in the hospital, and, and when, after they left, I really felt real good with their prayers, and I really thank him, and I thank God for bringing them to my life. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we're, we're a church that, that says, you know, when you're in the hospital, uh, you just stay there, and hopefully you get better. No, no, we don't do that, right? We go and visit, praise the Lord. And a bonus was the doctor that was there, when Pastor Charlie and Jeannie prayed for them, he, got his, he had a back problem, and the Lord healed their back. And then when I went there, I said, well, how, how about salvation? Have you accepted the Lord? He goes, no, I don't know anything about that. I go, well, let's, let's pray. Step over here. Let's pray a little bit here. And he accepted the Lord. So you know what? What God meant, for, what the devil meant for evil, God turns around for good. Is that not so? Amen. No matter where you are, God will work together for your good. You know, the Apostle Paul, uh, he was on the island of uh, Malta, and a snake bit him, right? And then, uh, but he shook it off, amen? How many, how many you know you've got to shake some things off? Shake it off. <laughs> shake that evil off and believe God. And so he, they were so amazed that he survived that, that all the people around came to him and asked him, how did you do that? And then he went and ministered to the king of the, of the island. So whatever the devil tries to throw on you, God will turn it around and make a, an avenue of ministry for you, Amen. You, anybody going through anything? Anybody got any problems that you're going through? 
Because if you have some, then God's going to turn it around. And we're going to talk about financial mountains that we're facing in the name of Jesus. Amen? So let's pray as we hear the Word of God today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we come before you, that we're able to receive from your Word riches and truths that will change our lives and forever make us grateful for all the good that you've provided for us. So for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, Amen. Well, we're going to talk today about faith to move mountains in regards to our finances. Doesn't that sound, it sounds like a nice term, finances. <laughs> like there's a lot of incoming, a lot of outgoing, you know, a lot of, you know, stocks and bonds and all this kinds of stuff. But actually, it's just your money, okay? What, what comes in, what goes out, what God has provided for you. And so uh, some people say, well, don't talk about finances. Oh, you know, it's such a mess. It's so ugly. I can't look at them anymore. No, no, no. We're going to bring some health and healing to your finances. Amen? Because all it is is bringing in more than what's going out. And God said he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Did you know that? He, that's his name. He said, what's your name? I'm, I'm your provider. Oh, okay. Good enough. Well, get to know the provider. And when you get to know his hand that works for you, you'll be able to see his hand work in your behalf, and he does marvelous things. And, and, you know, you all have experienced that before. You've seen God work, but I want to just step it up a little bit and show you biblically how God can work. We have a few examples, and we have a testimony to show you that God is still working. He's not sleeping up there. He neither, neither, he neither sleeps nor slumbers, but he's there active working for your good. All we have to do is reach, reach out by faith, believe that he's going to do. And you know what? Once you learn how to do it, it's as easy as pie. You know, it's kind of like learning how to ride a bike. Remember how, how hard it was when you had to ride a bike, when you learned how to ride a bike? I crashed into cars, parked cars. You know, I fell, hit curbs, went flying over there. No helmet. We didn't have helmets or knee pads in those days. You just survived. Amen? <laughs> I can remember my dad running behind me, pushing me. Okay. Oh, 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 he fell down. Like this little girl right here. Let's look at this slide right here, this little girl riding her bike. Oh, now you, you feel like, oh, man, I want to give up. Why? This is so hard, so difficult to ride a bike. But once you get the hang of it, you're going to look like this. No problem. Yeah. The first time I had to believe God for finances, it was difficult. It was hard. It was a chore. But then after I have learned how to tap into his goodness and his provision, it was easy. Now we got a pretty good open flow between me and him. Amen? Because that's what he is. That's what he wants to do. But you have to learn how to receive in that area. You know, there's, there's God is a healer. God's a provider. God's a God of peace. All those things that we have to know about him. And you have to know certain scriptures that apply to that, what you're facing. Amen? Like, if you have, if you have a back problem... You don't go to the foot doctor, do you? You don't go to the baby doctor. What are you doing here? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a back doctor, right? So when you have problems, you, you go to the scriptures that talk about what you're going through. Praise the Lord. So a little history, a little story about my life, and it hopefully it will apply to you. Because when I first got saved, uh, I didn't know that God wanted to provi provide for me. I didn't know that. 
I thought, well, you know, God's busy. He's doing his thing up there. He's got people to save. People are hungry. <laughs> I didn't want to bother him about my personal finances. Have you ever felt that way? Amen? Like, I can do it. You know, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to be selfish, right? Some people don't even want to pray for themselves because they say, I don't want to be selfish. Well, I was forced into having to believe God. And usually that's when you start to learn about God, when you're forced to, to do it. When you have a situation where there's no one, when no one can help you but the Lord, whether it be healing or finances or whatever situation you're facing. So what I did when I was at the ripe old age of 30, a long time ago, and uh, so I had a good paying job. I worked for Johnson & Johnson Baby Products, Fortune 500 company. I had a, I had a route of $5 million, and I was, you know, had a company car, and I was looking good and smelling good, and <laughs> everything was good. But then I got saved, and I said, why am I beating my head against the wall for this company to make them rich? I, I, I fell in love with the Lord, and I wanted to work in the ministry. I wanted to give my time and, and all my energy to them. So I told Johnson Johnson, I'm going on to be a minister. Hallelujah. They didn't get excited. They go, what are you talking about? You're going to be poor. <laughs> I go, no, I'm not. I'm with the Lord. And they were asking me questions if I knew about the Bible or not. And uh, they, I guess I didn't satisfy them enough, so they didn't realize that I was really all the way gun-ho about this. So I left my good-paying job, took a mediocre job, just so I could have time to go to the Lord. I was sold out. I was like Peter, who told Jesus, I've, we've forsaken all to follow you. That's the way I was. I, I loved the Lord. I wanted to work. I wanted to know him more and more, even if I wasn't making enough money as I should. So then I met the lovely Marianne. Praise the Lord. Something happened. <laughs> We fell in love quickly, <laughs> and in 10 weeks, we got married. One month later, little Chucky comes, or, you know, no, no, you know what I mean. We got pregnant one month later. We did it in order, okay, in sequence, okay? So it was like 10 months or 11 months later, little Chucky comes. So now... Here I am. I got a lesser paying job. I got two more mouths to feed, and Marianne can't work. What am I going to do? I, I got to believe God. And so I was living, before I met Marianne, I was living in a spacious one-bedroom apartment. Or I, I was renting a room. Let me see. There, isn't that beautiful? Praise God. That was spa <laughs> spacious, one-bedroom, plenty of room. No problem. Now, my wife, pre previously, she was married to a guy for nine months who was, had many things, and, uh, but he wasn't living above board. And so they had uh, like a $3,000, a 3,000-square-foot house. They had not just a car. They had a Rolls-Royce. They had a yacht. They had all these. So I was at at Newport Beach with her in the, uh, in the harbor, and I said, well, what kind of yacht did you guys have? She called it a boat. What kind of boat did you have? I said, was it that one there? No, not that one. How about that one? No, bigger than that. This is what it looked like. I said, holy moly, from 
the apartment from the little room to this to the boat. That's a big, that's a big difference, isn't it? So Marianne says to me, she said, when I was married to a guy that was serving the devil, we had all these things. Now I marry a guy who loves the Lord, and this is what I got. Does that make sense? I said, hmm, you're right. I was bringing home $900 a month. That's not good, is it? <laughs> and the rent was $600 a month. So my back was against the wall. I said, I got to believe God. And I found a tape from a minister. He said, you know what? You can believe God for monies in addition to your work, in addition to what you, you know, earn. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You don't have to just rely on your income. God can bring money from all sources to you. I said, hmm, that's pretty good. Why, why am I just stuck on my, I'm going to believe God that he would give unto me as I believed, unto, believed him. So we got together, we figured out how much do we need, you know, per month, and it was about $200, $250 extra a month to live. And she said, well, what can you believe God for? It was the middle of the month. I said, well, let's just say $100. Let's just believe for $100. I think that would be good. That's a nice even round number, $1, one bill, right? Somehow, some way, $100 could float down into my account. Even in Monopoly money, if a bank error, you get $200. So I said, surely, God. I didn't know how he was going to do it, but surely, God, somehow, if he is my provider, he's able to bring $100. I didn't know how he's going to do it. I didn't know where he's going to do it, but I know he could do it. That's faith. That's believing God. So we grabbed hands and held together, and we did this scripture. Let's see this in Matthew 18. I say unto you that if two of you, and that was me and her, Agree on earth as in touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. That's a scripture. I said, okay, let's pray. We prayed, Lord, we thank you for $100 by the end of the month. We agreed and we touched, and I continue to say it. Lord, I thank you for that $100. Lord, I thank you that you're going to provide for us. In Jesus' name, I said it as I woke up, as I took shower, as I went into my car, as I drove, as I waited on the phone, as I came home, I kept saying it and saying it and saying it because I was putting him in remembrance of his word. Did he not say it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken it? Will he surely not bring it to pass? You put God to the test. God, you said, amen. So the end of the month came and went. Did I give up? No, because you can't put God in a timetable. You can't say, I need it by this. I need it by Tuesday. God say, what's Tuesday? You know, that's, I don't live by the calendar. I live by faith. And so it was about like three or four days later, we got a check in the mail for $500 from an insurance company that previously had said, we're not going to, re we're not going to uh, receive your claim because it was three years ago. We're not going to do it. It doesn't apply. Forget about it. But somehow. Some way, the angels got in there, <laughs> started speaking to somebody. <laughs> they wrote the check out. They mailed it to us, and we received $500. So what did we do? 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at this. Hallelujah. Look at the Lord. Well, how did he do that? I don't know. It, it was, there you are. Just like that, we were jumping up and down. Now, we were a lot thinner then, but, you know, that was the story. <laughs> we were jumping up and down. We were rejoicing. But then as we came down, we remembered, now we got to do it the next month as well. We got to believe for God for the next month. So every month we kept believing God, and every month he kept coming through. And so as life goes on, as life traversed, um, we, we kept believing God for, for situations. And so much so that when I finally got into the ministry at the church I was at, they were $120,000 in debt. And I was believing God to be there and work for them. And the pastor called me and he said, the Lord pressed upon me that you should take over the finances. I go, praise God. Hallelujah. Finally, the Lord is coming through. What I didn't know is I looked at the books. I go, you guys are $120,000 in a hole. I've been believing all this time to come in here for that mess. But God it was preparing me to believe him so that I could help this group, this church out. So in one year's time, we wiped out that debt of $120,000. We kept believing God and seeing him work, believing and believing and believing. And, and I learned how to believe God because we did finally get a, a house, and then we got a bigger house, and uh, we were renting out one of the other houses, and we had somebody in the back renting. And how many of you know renters sometimes don't pay? Can I get a witness over here? What possesses them to all of a sudden, I'm not going to pay? This is your rent. This is where you live. We're going to kick you out. But I don't know where they get that idea. Both of them stopped paying rent. And then all of a sudden, we get a $2,000 tax bill. And I said, oh, my Lord. I said, excuse me, Marianne. I, no more TV for me for a while. I'm going into the back room, and I'm going to call on the God that is a provider. And I call on the Lord. Jesus, 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 I know that you are our provision, and you will bring money to us to pay for this tax bill. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you are able to do it. And so I did this for, you know, three or four days. All of a sudden, I hear a knock at the door. I open the door, and I, yes, may I help you? He said, yes, uh, uh, we're with uh, ABC, and we're, you know, scanning the area. We want to film a movie in the area, and we were looking at homes, and we thought we'd look at your home. I go, really? I go, is there any uh, money remuneration for that? He goes, yeah, it's $250 a day if we use the outside, and it's $500 a day if you use the outside. Hmm? Oh, inside, yeah. I was looking at your faces, and I, I forgot what I was saying. I'm glad you're paying attention. <laughs> 250 for the outside, 500 for the inside. So what do you think I told him? Come on in, brother, check it out. Whatever you want, let's go. So they stayed there for five days. Five times 500 is $2,500. I paid my tithes, $250. 
I paid the tax bill for $2,000. And how much did I have left over, if you're paying attention? $250. So me and Mama went out and we had a good old time. So praise God. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen? He's able to do wonderful things. So here I am trying to get through this 120. But God had prepared me how to do, how to believe for him. And once you learn something, he puts more responsibility on you. So here I am at this church, and so they need their $120,000 in debt. And so some bills came in for $7,000. So I wrote the check, wrote the checks out. I put them, I didn't mail them in faith, praise God. I put them on my desk, and I, uh, I said, okay, Lord, here we go again. <laughs> and so my wife and I, we were going to San Diego that weekend, and so she went, uh, we went, and in the time that, you know, like when she was getting ready or when I was alone, I'd go and talk to the Lord. I'd press, you know, towards him. And I said, Lord God, I thank you that you're a great God. You're a mighty God. You're a God of all provision. You can do all things. Your hand is, is, too, is so, so strong, it can come and help and deliver us. And I did this for like a day and a half. And finally, the Lord says, get up. Yeah. So get, I, I know all that, he said. What is it that you want? I said, oh, we need those bills to be paid, that $7,000 bills. He said, granted, it's granted to you. I said, praise God. And then I began rejoicing. Thank you, Lord. I got you reassured. So I went to church that Sunday, and uh, regular normal service, everything was fine. And then after service, the pastor came up to me. He said, I wanted to show you this. He said, one of the ladies here gave us a check for, guess how much? $10,000. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Thank you. You saw me down there, Lord, praying unto you. You saw me worshiping you and giving you praise and honor and hearing my request. Why? I tapped into that avenue of blessing, the avenue of God's provision. And so it's an open uh, avenue to call upon him and to see him work in our behalf. If you're facing that wherever you're at, at $100 or $250 or wherever you're at, let the, open up that door and watch God work, and then you can see him work greater and greater and greater. Amen? Uh, I've got a couple of examples here. Uh, but let's go to, let's go to this uh, scripture. What do we have next here? So what is the basis? Why does God want to bless us? It says it in Genesis 12, 1 and 2. Now, the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country. Get out of there. Get out of there. From your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. He's a blessing God. In, if you're in obedience, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Next scripture. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Are you a family? Are you a family in, in Abraham? Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. <laughs> now, so, so the blessing of the Lord, let's go to Galatians 3.13. I'm going to skip one and come back to that Deuteronomy. Galatians 3 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. 
See, a lot of people think, well, God's not going to bless me because I've been doing things wrong. I haven't been living quite up to where I'm supposed to be. Well, you just ask for forgiveness. You know, put it aside. Lord, thank you. I messed up. Forgive me. Let's move on, right? You don't have to pay the curse. Jesus Christ paid the curse for you. Amen? Redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. What is the blessing of Abraham? He'll bless us coming in, bless us going out. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. When God blesses, what is it, just tin, little like thimbleful? No, he knows how to abundantly bless, right? Might come upon the Gentiles in Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Faith receives what God has for us. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 28.8. I'm going to give you a little pop quiz here. Read this scripture. and Let's see if you guys can figure this one out. The Lord will command the blessing. What does command mean? How many, how many of you are in the, you're in the service, right? When they give you a command, what do you do? You act on it. You act on it. You do it, right? You don't question. You don't say, well, maybe, you know, maybe we didn't really mean that. And No, when you command something, it's supposed to have. God commanded the sun to shine, and it shined, right? He commands a blessing on you in your barns and in all to which you set your hand to. Now, let me ask you, here's the question. Is God going to bless your barns? It's a trick question now. Is he going to bless your barns? Is he going to bless your bank accounts? Is he going to bless your storehouses? Let's, let's, let's look at this a little more clearly, a little more introspectively. The Lord will command the blessing where? On you. It's not the barns. It's because of you <laughs> that these barns are going to be blessed. Amen? It doesn't matter what business you, you go to. If you allow the Lord to work in your behalf, he'll bless you in whatever you do. Isn't that what they said about Joseph? Whatever he put his hands to will prosper. So you don't have to worry. The blessing of the Lord will find you. And he will bless you in the land. Does he bless the land? Bless you in the land. Amen. Now, Marianne's mom is like that. She's a giver. She loves the Lord. And whatever she does, it seems like she gets blessed for it. She knows she bought some property in Big Bear, and uh, it went well with her. She bought it low. It went high. Then she sold it at the right time. She didn't know. She was just being obedient. Pastor Charlie bought some property up in Lake Arrowhead, a cabin, right? And you, you sold it. It was low. It went up high. You sold it. You made money. Why? He blesses you. In whatever you do. Isn't that good news to have the Lord blessing you, brother? You do. Praise God. I don't know if you're excited about that. I am. Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy 8, 18. This will be our last scripture, and then we're going to have a little more uh, testimony. Okay. So we already established. This is a little teaching session, right? So help you believing. We've already established the Lord wants to bless those that are in Abraham. We're in Abraham. We are, we are a part of him. And so in Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. He gives you ability to get wealth. He makes it possible for you to be in a place where he can bless you. He, he guides you. He directs you. He shows you. Amen? Why? 
that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers. What he said to Abraham, he will bless you forever. All of his descendants, that's us. Hallelujah, we're down the line here. Hello, Lord, we're down here. Remember you said he will bless us. Yo, <laughs> right? He will bless you. Now, how does he do that? It, it's, it's, this, is, this is the part where it's application. He uses things that are around you. People and places and things, opportunities are all around you. Just like with Abraham when he went to sacrifice his son and he went to raise his knife and the Lord stopped him and said, don't do that. I have a provision for you. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and guess what he saw? A ram in the bush. Let's see that little picture. Now, the ram, no, that's, that's uh, Peter. Peter with the coin. One before that. One before that. Abraham. Had many sons? Abraham. Abraham. The one before that? Not there? Okay. All right, let's get off of that guy. <laughs> we'll come to him. So, Abraham, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes and saw a ram in the thicket. Now, let me ask you, sons of God, intelligent people, when have you ever seen a lamb all by itself? They're usually in flocks, right? How did this one ram come up this mountainside and get stuck in a thicket? Did he just appear, or did he have to walk up the other side of the mountain to get to the place where Abraham could see him? Guess what? God has already provided for you. He's already got your provision walking up the mountain, ready for you to open up your spiritual eyes to see where your blessing is. Because Jehovah Jireh means, I am the Lord that sees ahead of you and knows what you need before you even know that you need it. So whenever you get to a problem and you have a situation, you say, okay, Lord, where's the provision? I know it's here somewhere. Lift up your spiritual eyes and say, Lord, I thank you for your provision. And so what we saw in Peter, I hear some of you receiving this, getting this, getting excited about this, all right? Because you know what? You, when you apply it personally, you get excited. You go, okay, God, where is my provision? Where are you going to place me so that I can receive what you have planned for me all along? You know, God's not like stuck, you know, in our situations. He plans ahead. He's not a procrastinator. Amen? He, he knows ahead what you need. So, so Peter, when he needed the tax money, what did Jesus say? Go to the fish's mouth. The first fish that you catch, there'll be a coin to pay the temple tax. Why did he say go fishing? Because that's where Peter spent a lot of his time. Wherever you spend your time, whatever you, you do and, and, and have effort to, God will bring that provision. So let's see Peter now. There he is. Look at that. That's better than a slot machine, isn't it? <laughs> and there's the provision. So when I was at the church and I was teaching people how to believe God, one lady came to me and she said she had an appointment. She said, Pastor, I want to explain to you something that happened to me. Maybe it'll help you. She goes, I was on my job, and I needed $10,000 for something. And I didn't have the money. 
And the Lord said, look around you to find where the money is. And so she started going through her desk because, see, she worked a lot. She worked overtime. She worked, uh, you know, uh, on weekends. So she started looking in all of her drawers. Okay, where is my provision? It's around me here. All of a sudden, on the bottom drawer, underneath everything, was an insurance policy that the company had for her that was worth how much? $10,000. She cashed it in. She was blessed. God met her need. And she said, the Lord was showing me that's the same thing he did with Peter. Wherever your provision is, wherever uh, you're doing things, God will provide for you. Now, does he do that today? I've had testimonies of people that have had that happen to them. And so as I was preparing today, I asked the Lord, I go, Lord, can you show me someone that's done that recently? Because I know people need to hear a, a new story. And so the Lord told me, he said, Rosie? Rosalinda Gonzalez, she's got a testimony. I go, really? She said, yeah. So, Rosalinda, come up here and tell us how it worked for you. Give a big hand for Rosie, amen? So, Rosie, 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 sweet Rosie, uh, you were working for the government, and you wanted to retire. Don't we all want to retire? But you didn't see how you could, right? No way. So what happened was, what did you do? Well, the retirement bug hit me one day, and, and I had a few years to go. And um, I just, after working for the government for over 30 years, I was really tired. Um, so I just said, Lord, but with what I'm going to get, it's not going to work out. So I was kind of down because I was thinking I'm going to have to work at least another four years so that I can retire with a decent amount of money. And um, in doing the research for my retirement, you know, I did a lot of research for a few years before I actually started really thinking about it. And in that research, I read a little blurb somewhere, don't even ask me where, but I remember just reading something about that I could collect monies from my ex-husband's Social Security, um, and he's deceased. And um, I had never heard of that. And it's amazing how Social Security really doesn't share that with you, you know, but you find out through word of mouth, which is what I'm doing now, telling other people about this. Um, and just in reading that, I said, what? I said, I've got to look into this. So I started calling Social Security. And sure enough, um, I qualified for what's called the survivor benefit, even though I had been um, divorced for quite a bit of years because we were married more than 10 years. I actually qualified for his benefits. And I'm like, hmm. So um, finally, I made the arrangements. The only thing was that they were saying that I had to wait until I turned 60 in order for me to collect that money. So I had like two years to go. So for those two years, I really started asking the Lord. It's like, Lord, just help me get through this time, you know. And, and, and I started really tithing also. Um, and then um, the only trick was that it, they said, I can pick up the money at 60 as long as I don't get married. And I said, oh, I don't think there's going to be a problem with that, you know. So um, anyway, um, I ended up reaching the age of 60. And at that time, I could start collecting my ex-husband's uh, benefits, which was a significant amount, uh, including my pension that took me above and beyond. Um, so, actually, now being retired, I'm much better off now than I was when I was working, and that's a blessing from the Lord. Definitely a blessing from the Lord. And um, 
for me, I feel that I need to be obedient and I need to really do my tithe because I know that everything that I have comes from the Lord. You know, he's given me the opportunity to obtain the things that I have, but it's all from him. And I need to give him back what he's given me. And so that's where I'm at now. And I praise God for that. Hold on. So your provision was right under your nose. It was right there. All you had to do is look, and the Lord opened your eyes, and you saw a little paragraph that explained it. No one told you that, but God was watching over you. He showed you. Now, another thing that happened, not that I recommend this for anybody, but uh, she got hit by a truck. A Chevy, big Chevy Silverado. I, I call her the evil Knievel of uh, New Heart. <laughs> but you survived it. You survived it. And then what happened? So then, of course, I had to do something to get some sort of compensation for my pain and suffering. And I did get compensated. It was a good amount to where I was able to become debt-free because I had some bills that I needed to pay. And when I got that money, that's what I did. And I also tithed from that as well. Yeah. yeah. And now I get to go and visit my daughter in Switzerland and stay there for two months and visit my grandbaby. So it's all a blessing from the Lord. So out of something bad, the Lord made something good. Amen. So my case in point is, be like Abraham. Lift up your eyes and see your provision. Be like Peter. It's all around you. Be like Rosie and see God work. It's all around you, and God will bless you in all that you do. Amen? Last slide there is, um, here's the principles for blessing. A lot of people don't teach this very much, but what did God tell Abraham? Be ye holy, for I am holy. Walk before me and be perfect. You can't be perfect, but you can be mature. You can love him with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And when you do that, you get into the family of God. You get into his good graces. Amen? Be holy. What does holy mean? Be separated. We have some, so we have some china at our house that are se it's separated only for Christmas time. That's the only time we use it because it's got all the little Christmas stuff on it. We don't use it any other time. It's separated. We're separated from the world to live for him. Amen? Do his will by serving. God told Abraham, get out of the country to a place that I will show you. When you serve God, when you love God and do his will, things will happen for your good. I can remember one time when we were believing for our first house. Uh, we were serving in um, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, we were working in the tape ministry, and we weren't even in the service. And the man of God that was preaching came by us, and he said, are you believing for a house? And we said, yes. He said, the Lord told me he's preparing a house for you. Again, yahoo-wee, look at the Lord, amen? <laughs> Can we show that screen about us jumping again? <laughs> yahoo-wee, who glory, you know. God will make you jump, amen? <laughs> when you're believing and you can't do it, God will do it for you. So when you serve, let's go back to our, let's get serious now. Let's go back to our scriptures. Do his will by serving. Confess his promises, amen? 
The promises of God are what? Yes and amen. Not maybe, should, could be, I don't know, catch me later, not having a good day today. <laughs> you pursue, you continue to believe God, press forward. And, you know, like last night, the Lord, the Lord was telling me, keep coming, son, you keep coming, keep coming, you're on the right path. And last night, he just kind of enveloped me and said, I got you, I got you. I, got, I felt the presence of the Lord while I was confessing the scriptures. And then you praise his holy name. You praise him. Amen? He doesn't want us to come before us, you know, all downtrodden, all like, oh, well, Lord, you know, you haven't come through. It doesn't seem like it's working. No, I don't know what you're doing up there, but you need to get busy. Hallelujah. Anybody, anybody talk like that? No one wants to raise their hand or admit that. But when it doesn't come to pass, you wonder. I was listening to Kenneth Hagin. He was saying when he was believing God and it didn't come to pass, he kind of gave up a little bit. You start to give up and say, but you can't fall into that trap. He wants you to keep pressing in and believing him, praising him, knowing that his word is true. What he promised, he'll surely bring to pass. So these are the principles for blessings. I hope that we said some things to encourage you to believe God over your circumstances. Your circumstances couldn't be any difficult than these people that are uh, confessing. But let's just bow our heads and pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, Father, I just thank you that as we come before you, we're able to cast our cares upon you, cast our concerns because we know you care for us. And Lord, we know that you have made provision for us. We may not see it. We may not know it. We may not know how it's going to happen, but we know, Lord, that you're able. You are well able to perform that which you have promised. So we reach up in faith, not wavering, not doubting, but believing that your word is true, that you are who you said you are. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, the God that looks ahead and knows what we need even before we know we need it. And so we thank you for it right now. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, you've done it. Thank you, Lord, that we believe you. Thank you, Lord, God, that you are strong in our behalf, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.